0: This is Adrian Griffin, and you're listening to Left Coast Pirates.
1: seconds to go down by two. Here's Whitehead. Guarded by Ochefu. Gets the step into the lane. Goes to the bucket. layup. Coming to you just west of the Ward Place Gate, from San Diego, California, he is Mike Dizzy Dizzieri, class of 2001, I am Tommy Chilkoharski, class of 1997, and we are Left Coast Pirates. How you doing
2: today, Mikey? Good morning, Tommy. Doing well. Another day in bright and sunny San Diego as I stare at the walls of my garage.
1: Mikey, you're going to be more excited about this episode than I ever am because this is right up your alley.
2: This is my wheelhouse, man. I'm going down the rabbit hole of recruiting. I I know you don't like to talk recruiting until the guy is already signed on the dotted line, the ink is dry, and they're already pronouncing what his number is going to be in Pirate Blue, but to me, the offseason is filled with speculation, it's filled with anxiety, the hopes and dreams of how the roster is going to get built out, kind of like a little fantasy basketball going on, so I love this stuff. I like hearing all the names tossed around and all the possibilities. But we got two guys coming on from the front office. We got Pat and CJ here to join us. They know their stuff better than anybody else out there. So, heck, yeah, I'm excited, man.
1: Mike, you got to take it from my perspective. All those years ago when I was going to the hall, my First big disappointing recruit was Tim Thomas when he decided he was going to Villanova. Since then,
2: Stop dating yourself, every, man. Stop since dating then, yourself. every time
1: they say no, I'm like, okay, another no.
2: Here we go. Tim Thomas and Villanova. Got to lose out to the Wildcats even, what, 20, 30 years ago now? A long time Jeez. ago, man. Oh, long time man. man. long
1: time ago. But as you said, we're going to have the guys from the front office join us, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Day or two of the co-hosts for the front office. Please welcome to Left Coast Pirates Live, Pat Lawless and CJ Nobile. Pat and CJ, how are you guys doing today?
2: Doing great. Thanks uh, a lot thanks Pat for having us. us. No, welcome on the show, really guys. Excited. All right, so we're going to, before we dive into basketball, Tom and I are just trying to make sure we stay true and sensitive to everything that's going on in the world. How are you guys and your families doing? Is everybody healthy and safe with COVID nineteen? You know, and every and everything else in the uh, the current world right now. Yeah, yeah well, for, I, I'm doing yeah, great. Go, How are you guys doing? I'm stuck in my garage. That's my running. That's my <laughs> running gig. I spent ten <laughs> to twelve hours working in the garage. We watch TV in the man cave. I, I even fell asleep in the man cave last night. So this is the first time I got about pajamas in a week. So this is a big deal.
3: Yeah, this is. Uh, it's just been for me just a... Uh, a lot of work, like you said, a lot of work inside, um, you know, fun right now is going for a walk. like that's that's fun for me right now. So yeah, it's just been pretty, pretty calm, pretty calm on, on my end.
1: But if it wasn't for the basket in front of my house, me and my family would be going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's do a little background on the front office here. It's a podcast folks can find on YouTube. Basically, Mm -hmm. five friends from Seton Hall got together, decided to do this. And, guys, I can't tell you that I'm not a little jealous with the (laughs) big-time guests you've been able to get. You've had Bob Hurley Sr., Greg Anthony, Rod Strickland, just to name a few. Tell us about the motivation behind creating the front office and how this all came about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always wanted to do something with my friends. Uh, I was kind of immersed in the basketball space already from – a recruiting standpoint and wanted to get these guys involved somehow. Um, originally it was going to be my friend, Tom, who was, in, who was in it and uh, my friend, Anthony CJ wasn't invited originally, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but we decided, uh, you know, CJ obviously is a perfect fit with his personality and he's obsessed with basketball. So, I mean, it, it was, a, it was, it was, it was a perfect fit. And we decided we want to do something together and we want to do something authentic to us not be completely prim and proper and to the book, but just kind of have fun and be who we are. Um, so we're doing like ridiculous things. So we ran like a, I ran like a, a 10K or something in one episode. I like gave a speech at Seton Hall. Like we're doing like random activities, ridiculous. CJ played it, me and CJ played in some men's league in New York City, like ridiculous things uh, while also interviewing some basketball, some of the best people in basketball around us. So, um, it's been a blast to be honest with CJ. I mean, CJ would say the same thing. I would assume.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, when Pat invited me onto this, uh, I was super excited. You know, I'm a basketball junkie and you know, everything about it has been awesome. Like it's been surreal. Like you said, like sitting next to Bob Hurley, you know, that's a surreal thing. You know, my family, a lot of Hudson County roots. So, you know, that Rod Strickland, like it's just been an awesome opportunity so far and I'm really grateful
2: for it. So what we don't understand is there's five, but only three make the cover. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'll let pat take care of that one <laughs> yeah yeah, I, i'll take the tough question
3: um so obviously uh cj and tom are there and then there's caleb and anthony uh anthony and caleb are are involved they're just not on camera they can't they don't have the time i guess that uh that the cj and tom do uh so they'll they'll hop in in some interviews i guess and they'll hop in in some episodes but they're not they're not there every time and uh, maybe next, maybe next season they'll hop in the in, hop in that photo shoot. We'll get them
2: in there. I got one more cheesy question. It seems like you got your like your go-to look. What's up with the bow tie? Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> everyone's asking me about that. I wanted, I wanted to try Mark something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I just went for it, man. I, 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 they, these guys are wearing suits. I'm like, all right, you know, I got to do something different. So I went, I went with the, uh, the bow tie look.
1: You pulled all it right. off. Don't worry about it. It looks I good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
2: All right, Pat. So you've already mentioned that you've been a part of the basketball circuit for a long time. I want to kind of go into the Empire uh, Invitational. So you're the founder of this tournament, and it's been now four years running, twice hosted by Mount St. Michael's Academy. They get almost 1,300 fans in attendance at one time, top teams from the Bronx, other big prep schools. You've had big-time coaches in attendance, Coach Cal, Coach Danny Hurley, and some big-time players, too, like Cam Reddish. Played there, RJ Davis played, Posh Alexander from St. John's, Trey Patterson who's undecided. Some big time talent is surrounded in this tournament. How the heck did you pull this off? Dude, uh, I mean, to be
3: honest with you, uh, every, every, whenever I talk about it, I just basically say, like, I decided to do something that I had no business starting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was a sophomore in college when I told my friends uh, that I'm going to just do a, run my own high school event and like everything, like, like any, like a normal person would, uh, they basically were like, you're absolutely crazy and you have no, you have no, uh, there's no way that you could pull this off. And I just kind of just went with it. It's funny. The first year it actually got snowed out. Um, so that, that was tough. But then after that, you just kind of learn things. Like you just kind of pick up things like, uh, you know, from, from that experience, from those experiences, using the relationships that you, that I've built, using the relationships that I built uh, up to that point, and uh and yeah like i, I guess you know it, all my relationships are mainly um, in the east coast in the northeast so just kind of utilizing that to to somehow pull this off and yeah i mean 5 years later it's it's crazy what it's it's become yeah, it's it's, it's
2: impressive man it's it's a big time event now so kudos to you i appreciate
3: i appreciate it
1: you know let's bring it in a little bit let's talk about our alma mater Seton hall Most recently, we had the announcement Bryce Aiken is coming to the Hall for his final year of eligibility. You guys had him on the front office right after he made his choice. Kudos. That's a good pull. Thank Appreciate you. it. You know, after getting to speak with him one-on-one, what kind of player and leader do you expect out of our new starting point guard?
0: A guy that plays with his heart in his sleeve. You could just see in it. You, you know, like, when you looked at Miles Powell, like, you saw the fire in his eyes. Like, you see a similar fire with Bryce. I think it's great for the locker room, too. He's a leader. Obviously, he's a very talented player. But I think just, break, like, you know, you've had the Derek Gordons of the world that lead the locker room. The Miles Powells, the Isaiah Whiteheads. Like, I think Bryce Aiken fits the mold of, like, you know, Quincy McKnight, the guys that will leave the locker room and, you know, lead us on the court as well. I mean, you know, I think he's going to be the team's identity and everyone else is going to follow, in my opinion, this year. I, I
2: agree. I mean, I think the one thing the team might be missing next year is that alpha, right? Exactly. Who's, who's going to want the ball in the big spot? Everyone's like, Sandro's going to blow up. I think he might. Tom and I debate about Sandro's ceiling on every podcast. But I right. think they need that one guy that when crunch time comes down to it. It's like it's, it's my show and don't I, to make me, me
1: the bad guy in yeah. this it's got nothing when, to when do you, with it mike you're ready to hang his number from the rafters i'm just <laughs> bringing you down a little bit
2: when you get on the sandro train and sandro is going to be like what like player with the year at his position next year isn't that what seton hall's tweeting out every day as you see i gotta reel him back in every time Don't gonna in. start
1: talking about the knicks in a second
2: now you know
1: let, let's let's not sugarcoat it here. Bryce has had some injury problems at Harvard. You know, yep. I, I think it was something like thirty-nine games over his th- over mm-hmm. the last three years combined. Should we be worried about his durability here?
3: You know, obviously, you know, it's like you said, you have to just address the obvious, and, and that's that's definitely there. I think I, I I don't know if it's too much of a concern. Just kind of talking to him, I think he's going about things you know in terms of making sure he's ready is for his for his last year kind of off the record he said that he's he's ready just so, so off of what I talked to him about and uh and texted with him it doesn't seem like he's that concerned about it but uh obviously as a pirate fan you hope you hope for a best you know if you're if you're a pirate fan you hope for the best in that type of scenario yeah I mean that that, that could be tough
2: Well, especially for the fact that just the other day, Anthony Nelson announces that he's going to now transfer, which kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion. Maybe the announcement maybe took an extra week or so before it kind of hit the new circuit, but immediately all the fans are like, okay, that opens up another slot. Who's going to be the biggest recruiting target? You know, are we going to get another backup point guard? Is Jahari Long going to be ready if like Aiken gets hurt? But that's not the topic of conversation right now. The minute that those, extra scholarships opened up dama Sonogo. so now all all focus now is on Sonogo and making sure that we like lock down his recruitment mm-hmm. four-star center the patrick school big kids six nine two fifty top 50 rated and now he's looking to reclassify but the decision is being pushed out till june july all of a sudden what's the delay are there academic issues with the reclassification so you're going to have qualification issues
3: I'll tell you what I think. There's a just a lot of just with everything going on, right? I think I think everyone just kind of take a pause with the recruiting stuff. You're seeing guys like I think we we some people we would even thought his, his teammate Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, we would have seen an update on his recruitment whether it's 2021. So I think kind of with everything going on, I think all those guys and a lot of guys that are in that type of situation are kind of taking a pause and a step back, um, and seeing addressing like, listen, are we going to even have AAU this year like are we going to be playing in front of college coaches you know what I mean it's such a crazy time that I think he's just him and his people around him are kind of just like all right let's let's evaluate the situation before we make any crazy decisions I
0: mean it's wow. tough to go on tours too I mean I know he was set for a UConn tour he took a virtual tour I'm pretty sure like you know it's tough but if, yeah. if I'm a kid like Adama and I have plenty of options like you know Auburn UConn I want to go visit those schools kind of get a feel for the atmosphere so I definitely understand why he's not rushing to any 4 conclusions yet, you know?
2: I don't think he's going to get to ha- have those visits, though. It's just not the reality um, yeah. of the situation. So, right. But we're still in the top six. So for Seton Hall fans, you know, that's exciting news. They were hoping that we were going to get immediate decision. But as you said, it's just not par for the course right now. Mm-hmm. So Seton Hall, Maryland, Auburn, Connecticut, Pittsburgh. I don't know how Nebraska makes the list. But all of a sudden, it seemed like Seton Hall was turning the corner and they were leading for his services. But with the extra time delay... You know, pirate fans are starting to get worried, right? So, who should they fear out of that list if someone's going to make a late push and kind of turn the tide, per se? You
3: know, it's funny. I the the I've been talking to a decent amount of people uh, around, and it seems like no one can get a real feel for it. No one can get a real pulse for where he is leaning. I think, like people, like you said, people at one point were taking Seaton Hall, but I think right now it's just it, it's it, for me to even put one school out of the other uh or like what say like one school schools leaning it just it, it would be tough because I think there's just so much questions going on especially with the the class thing like it just it just throw that throws a whole a whole different problem in there so I think uh I would love to, I would love to give you a, uh, give you, give you a nice sound bite here, but, uh, but...
2: Well, let, let me throw That's you a bone looking though. For is a good sound bite here. Come on, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> people but... think people think Yukon's going to be a player getting back of in the, the Tri-State area. Right. But to me, the name that jumps out is Maryland. You have all these big guys that just transferred out. There is playing time available. And one could make the argument that at Seton Hall, you're going to have Samuel Samuel playing some more time at the four. Sandro's going to play some time at the four, maybe slide back over to the five. If Ike continues to develop, there could be some logjam for playing time for Sonogo at Seton Hall, where some of these other schools, he might get thrown into the fire right away. So No,
3: no I would agree. No, I think, I mean, see, and to he, be honest with you, like, I don't do, I do, I think he's going to go to Nebraska. No, but there's a relationship there with Matt Abdomassi, obviously a former St. John's assistant, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So you look at all those schools, I could really see it being a viable option, you know, anywhere, but obviously – like you said, UConn, Maryland, guys like Kamani, Kamani Young uh, at UConn do an unbelievable job recruiting. And any, any time that you got, you got programs like that, especially on the rise, um, you're, you're, if you're a a and Hall fan, you're a little bit nervous. So I think, like you said, at one point you're, you're feeling pretty good. And, you know, me and CJ were talking about it. All our, all our C and Hall friends, you know, were, were asking me as a question. Do you think we're going to get this guy? And at one point, yeah, I thought it was like you said, like it it looked that way. But right now it's just with everything going on, it's just so up in the air right now.
1: Well, God help that kid if he ends up in Lincoln, Nebraska. There's a whole lot of nothing around there. And why would he <laughs> want to leave the area? New Jersey's the hotbed for college basketball now. As loath as I am to admit it, even Rutgers has made some big recruiting noise yeah. this year, landing Cliff O'Marui, a top 50 recruit. In a recent article, Jared Carino stated that he thought Sonogo outplayed him in the Union County Tournament Finals and looked a little better in his game. How important is it for Seton Hall to land Sunogo in terms of recruiting in New Jersey, or has Rutgers just passed the Hall in overall momentum at this point?
0: You know, that that's really interesting, especially because I'm such a diehard Seton Hall fan. I mean, going back to the Cliff-Sunogo uh, battle, they're two polar opposite players, so it's really, watching them, they played each other, I think, four times this year, three times this year. It's really interesting watching them play. One's like an Angel Delgado bruiser in Sunogo, and Cliff is a long, athletic, like, Shop blocker, really long. So they have polar opposite games, so it's very interesting watching them clash. Now, going back to, like, the rutgers and Hall thing, it's interesting because we actually had the um, opportunity to visit the Rutgers' new facility, $110 million facility right next to the rack, right? I mean, with all that, like, if I'm a recruit and I go on a visit there, it's tough to turn that down, you know? But we have, I mean, at the same time, Seon Hall has a lot to sell. The rich history of the program, five straight tournaments. You get guys like Isaiah Whitehead going to the league. Miles Powell becomes, an inner, like, a national sensation. So I think it's a little, it depends what you're going for, you know? So, I mean, if I'm a recruit, they're both very enticing
3: options. Right. And then kind of going off of that, I think talking to uh, Adama and his development and where he's at, I think Adama's like super skilled, right? And this game's super polished and it's crazy to see, because I saw him his freshman year um, coming over to see his development from freshman year to now. It's incredible. It's to give you some background. Uh, Adama played at a, a big – it's a big uh, a event in the summer called Hoop Group Future All-American Camp where the best ninth-graders, tenth-graders play, and he didn't make the all-star game. And, like, and to be honest at that point, he – I don't know if he was a top-20 camper there. Now if you go back versus the guys that he, where he was at now, uh, if you play him against those guys, it would be a no-brainer. be a top-20 guy. So it kind of just shows you how much he's developed. And I think he still has – room to grow you know i think uh obviously these guys are two different players adama and angel delgado but in terms of talent at the same level of where they're at adama is not at where angel is but i'll tell you what he's not that far off like he's that kid's very very talented and if you watch the Patrick school this year you and you're a scene hall fan and you think you have a shot at him you're you're pretty happy with what you could potentially get with the with oh he's adama a bully yeah.
0: yeah that'd be huge
2: all right so before we move on i, I gotta correct T- cj you said five straight nca tournaments sorry it doesn't count it's only four uh, <laughs> and, and here's why because i'm not counting ruckers as making right? the tournament last yeah. year right so uh, that, it, that, it, that, it, that streak it. that streak still stands yeah, man. Make
1: it. <laughs> there's middle-aged men who have now? never seen 31? 31? 31
2: 31 years now is it 31 years and it's 31 now yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Here's no, another years. So, I'll, so I'll trade five for Rutgers still being stuck that's at not fair. making it to 30-something years, all right? <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> all right. So th- there's the possibility, as we just dis- uh, discussed, that maybe Seton Hall doesn't land Sunogo now, and now you're starting to hear lesser familiar names thrown around as additional targets. So Seton Hall was recently mentioned as being in the mix for our top 100 big man, Frank Anselm, who recently re- also reclassified to the 2020 recruiting class and then opened up his recruitment, right? He was currently uh, on a long list of suitors, including his original three, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. So if, so no go falls through, what should Seton All Pirates fan know about a guy that's 6'10", 200 pounds out of Georgia? Tell me about that guy.
3: Frank is, you know, it's funny. I haven't, I've seen, saw Frank probably like a year ago. That's another guy in eighth grade uh, that I saw that was just super raw but everyone knew he had the talent. Everyone knew that he had the potential. And now he's starting to put it all together. He's actually starting to add some skill to his game. And, and the kid, you know, in terms of uh, athleticism, he has it. In terms of what you need as a, in a big like in a big man for the Big East, uh, which is just a bunch of scrappy guards that are going to rough you up down there, um, <laughs> he's, 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 he's ready for that. So in terms of another guy, in terms of to see where he's come from, it's pretty insane. And uh, I don't know if you're planning on bringing them bringing them up later, but I think Seton Hall fans also need to keep an eye on obviously Missouri transfer Trey Jackson. So there's there's a couple couple of big men in the fold that uh, that 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 Pirate fans need to keep an eye on for sure.
2: Another big man that Seton Hall has made the final cut for, or had made the final cut for, was Josh Gray. He was in uh, Seton Hall made his final five, but just the other day he announced that he was going to LSU. A lot of Seton Hall fans. Get kind of frustrated when they're constantly hearing their program's name make a final list, or ultimately even get down to where it's the final two, and then the player right. chooses another program. Right? You got Zion Harmon, Earl Timberlake, yeah. Darius Maddox, Trayvon Duvall, Chris Silva, Kyle Anderson, just to name a few. Right. So the, yep. the list is getting pretty long, and yeah. the frustration's building. Then it sparks this debate that we're we're always reading on the message boards. You know, what is Seton Hall potentially doing wrong? or potentially just lacking in what it can offer. So that, that brings me to the question that I wanna ask you guys. Pat, from your experience in interacting with a lot of these guys at events like the Empire Invitational, what seems to be the highest rank and importance for them? Is it NBA development and opportunity, immediate playing time, high level facilities as CJ mentioned, You know, the big campus allure, the warm weather and the ladies, the rapport with the coaching staff, or maybe it's just something else, I don't know.
0: Before Pat even goes goes yeah. to because Pat can provide all the information on that, just one thing that I heard when you know at one of my events, I was uh Pat's event, not my event, Pat's event, I was talking ah, to- you're,
3: he, you're He's already writing yeah. your coattails for credit for the events. I love it. I hey, love you it. can have it. I love it. I, I yeah, love it. You can sad, have, it. You, you can have an event or two. You can have it. <laughs> <event or>
0: <laughs> at one of uh, Pat's events, um, you know, a kid from Jersey, he was a pretty highly touted top one hundred kid. They asked him, like, you know, I'm a senior Hall fan. I'm like, why not? He goes, honestly, I just want to get out of Jersey. And as simple as that sounds, it just makes sense. Like, I get it. Kids just want to get out of here. If I'm a Jersey kid who's been here my whole life, called Winters, and I have the opportunity to go play in the SEC, for example, I get it, you know?
3: And kind of speaking to, to what you were asking, uh, I think the two things that I've, I've noticed, no kid wants to say in an interview, playing time. Like, no one wants to say that. Everyone's, oh, I want to work for my minutes or whatever. But at the end of the day, Kids want playing time, just what it is. Um, and there's uh, a very short list of kids that are willing to accept, uh, 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 you know, not as much minutes their freshman year, sophomore year. It's funny. We were talking to Ty Jerome about the same thing yesterday or two days ago. And he, uh, as we all know, his freshman year, he didn't get any minutes uh, or very few minutes. And, and there's very few kids that are able to accept that. So I think playing time time's for sure a thing. And then uh, development is is something that you hear time and time again. Mm-hmm. Every kid in high school has dreams, no matter you know if you're a low major to high major kids. In the back of their the, the back of their mind, they're all they have one thing in mind, and that's making the NBA. Uh, so you know development's so huge, and you know I think Seton Hall now um, is starting to see a little bit better results from the recruiting front because you see guys with their with development, Miles Powell. I mean. The end of the day, like you know, the kid was very, very talented, but you have to give credit to Seton Hall and in their in their development. And it's just it's just, I think, track record development and playing time are just the themes that I hear when I interview these guys time and time again.
2: So to me, that's interesting because all we keep on hearing lately is as CJ already alluded to, I got a yeah. $110 million state-of-the-art facility. It's an arms race, right? And Seton Hall is clearly behind in that arms race but it did not come up in any of your top three that you guys collectively mentioned. So should, should the seat I mean, we'd like to see them do that if they could find the resources and the money to do so, but is that really the biggest priority in terms of Seton Hall and enhancing their recruiting ability? I think the biggest
3: thing that Seton Hall is going for, it's funny, I think me and CJ we, uh, and my friends were actually talking about this a couple of days ago. And I think the biggest thing that Seton Hall is going for them is culture. Like they've yeah. developed a real culture there. And at the end of the day, you could be, you know, I, I could be playing in my backyard or whatever. And my group of friends have a, a great – you could, you could play at whatever facility you want, basically, is what I'm getting at. And if you have culture, you have that, and that – like, I think that exceeds anything. You can have the greatest facilities, and I'm not taking any shots at any uh, any other New Jersey programs here, but you can have the the greatest – Facilities, you got everything. But at the end of the day, if you don't have culture, you don't have a winning culture, that's not going to matter. I think Rutgers has done a good job getting to that point. But if you're a New Jersey fan and you're kind of looking at the two of them, and if you're a seen Hall fan, yeah, you're concerned because you see Cliff going to Rutgers and you see this huge facility and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what they've established these past four years and yeah. where they're working toward. It's not like they're just, it's not like it's just a flash in the pan and okay, you know, it seems like, uh coach willard uh, and and guys around here high school players around here from what i'm talking to the local guys are starting to understand like what they're building here and what they have um so i think the facilities thing is obviously very important and ruckers is taking advantage of that but, you know you can see it um right away with the results but what it comes down to yeah but i think i think the i think the, the on the space either
2: There's a lot of things that logistically go into that. Hopefully we're going to get Brian felt on a little bit later this summer and we'll talk to him about it, but it's not just the money. It's where do you, where do you put the damn building? It's true.
0: You got to buy Ivy Hill that park behind campus. It's the only, it's the only logical like place you can do it,
1: right? We've been talking about Uh, about that park behind campus for 40 years, man. It's not coming back. I hate to say (laughs) it, but I mean, listen, like
0: if I'm a five-star kid, and I see you guys practicing in a basement of an aux gym, what's enticing about that? Right, you got know, to you got to right. keep up. You they definitely you definitely need
3: team. to improve it. I would agree. You have to, but I do. Can... But I do. I do believe that. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I do <laughs> believe that what they've established and what they have uh, is is real. And I I do like genuinely uh, believe that these coat these recruits and the guys that I've talked to see that. I do like. I I, I really believe that. So if you're seeing all fan. Definitely not time to hit the paddock button at all, but uh, definitely. CJ, not if, if
2: you build the facility behind where the old Ivy Hill is, where do they play the intramural football games? Come on,
1: <laughs> good point. Where am I gonna win another
2: championship? I don't know.
1: <laughs> all right, let's talk about some of the kids we've tricked into coming to Seaton Hall, though. We've got two guys coming from far and wide, actually. We got Jahari Long coming in from Texas, three star kid. And Dominguez Stevens coming in from the Maryland area, another three-star kid. Where were they progressing in their final rankings prior to their senior season getting cut short this year?
3: Jahari Long uh, was definitely, I think, even a, a surprise to a, a lot of all fans. Just talking to CJ and some of my friends, there's a lot, there's a lot more questions about Jahari Long than there were about uh, Dominguez Stevens. Who was responsible
0: um, for recruiting him? Was that Forty or um?
3: I'm not even sure about, surprised. I'm not sure. Obviously Dominguez is totally No, I, I sure thought it about. was
2: skin because he was like Louisiana tech kind of uh, stuff like, like that, that. Right. Okay. Um,
3: but yeah, so I think, I think, uh, is obviously a three star and I, I've seen him once or twice live. Um, I even, I need to get a better feel for his game to be honest with you. I've seen a lot more tape than I have, you know, in person. Um, so his ranking is probably a three star and then Dominguez, uh, early on was trending towards, I would say a middle of the pack four-star. Now he's that four-star three-star type. Um, so I think Dominguez, I have a much better feel for, and he's definitely that scene hall gritty uh, type of player that, that could be a potential fan favorite shot maker. Um, and then Jahari Long is just an, another co- coach on the floor from everything I'm gathering.
0: Right. Dominguez, I think is 150 in the rankings and he's going to fill out. I mean, you've seen like Jared Roden came in a little lanky and now he's massive. Um, Also, too, like the rankings, like Dominguez is at 158. I think he's much better than that. Like, I'll give you an example about the rankings that I think are misleading. Like, I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but Pasha Alexander going to St. John's. He's like 205 in the rankings. I've seen him play four times. He's a top 100 kid. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. So I think, like, you know, just going off like, oh, he's a top 150 kid, it's a little deceptive. Like, you really got to get a feel for these guys, like, playing. I mean, just in my opinion, just watching.
2: We've had a lot of coaches tell us that once you get outside of the top 50, anything from 50 to 200 – it's kind yeah. of a crapshoot anyway, because guys are going to develop differently, Your Right. A program fit. What's interesting about Long to me is they keep on alluding to the fact that he's more of a natural point guard, a pass first type point guard, yep. where we were on the radar for a posh Alexander, a Noah Farrakhan, who all of a sudden is now at East Carolina of all places. So it just seems like Willard's trying to get to more of that natural point and get away from some of the combo guards that we've had kind of running the point over the years.
0: Yeah. I wish Ant Nelson stayed, honestly, because Ant's a true pass-first point guard. It's just tough, I know. It's tough, you know, he just – nothing against Ant, I just don't – I don't, there's a reason Shavar Rounds was getting more minutes, because Shavar plays unbelievable defense and he gives 100% effort. It just seemed a little apparent that – Ant maybe didn't want to buy into the whole defensive thing, which, you know, I get. Ant was such a pass-first point guard. It was perfect. I mean, in the past, we've had Kadeem Carrick did a natural two. He's a, he's a, he's a combo guard. He's not a point Don't guard. Don't get me
2: started. Don't get me started. I know. We, had, we
1: had Kadeem around and we on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we, he was very political about it, so... Oh, he's an unreal score, <laughs> but, I
0: mean, playing him in point guard is just an injustice to his game, you know? So, really finding, like, you know, a true one. I mean, Quincy was, Quincy was unbelievable. I have nothing bad to say about Quincy. But he's not a natural point guard. No, he, was he, he wasn't right. either. Absolutely not. He was a scoring guard. He was a combo guard. You well,
1: know? well, there there brings our point here. So now you have Bryce Aiken, who's going to fit into the uh, mm-hmm. starting lineup as the point. Injury prone, at least at, at least as far as his history tells us. Now we've got the one kid we thought was going to come in as a junior, maybe start taking over some of more of the responsibilities of point, transferring out. Right. So now what kind of impact is Jahari Long going to have to make as a backup point guard here? You know, as much as everybody loves Shavar, he plays great defense, he is not a point guard. He doesn't create off that dribble. You know, he's got his skill set. Let's use him appropriately. Right. But how, how much development does Jahari have to make here?
0: The thing about, like, um, I mean, you even – Tyree Samuel is as talented as anybody, and towards the end of the season he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. So I think unless you're an Isaiah Whitehead – Kevin Willard's very, very reluctant to play freshman. I mean, you other than Miles Kale towards the end when Desi got hurt, like he didn't, he didn't play much his freshman year. Sandra didn't play much. Um, up until that NJIT game, I think we need a double-double. But I think Kevin is very reluctant to play freshman, I get it, because his system is pretty intricate and you have to play defense. So I'm not sure uh Jahari is going to make an immediate impact, honestly. And I'm not sure Dominguez will either. I really think it's gonna be Bryce getting a lot of those minutes. And I'm actually really interested too. Because Bryce is another score first guard. You know, he averaged 16 points. I don't like three assists. He's not a he's not a pass first guard. So and this is the first time, you know, we've had Isaiah, we've had Miles, we had the two year gap without like a go-to guy. Like How's the system gonna work? The weave isn't gonna work this year because you don't have a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just not gonna work. Don't, you know? Don't get him started on the weave. Don't get me started on the weave. I love <laughs> Kevin.
0: but
1: Don't get <laughs> me started.
3: This
2: It's not a
1: season until we see the weave go. <laughs> oh, uh, we're
2: gonna go in a totally different direction all of a sudden. This is gonna go from recruiting to offensive execution and philosophy. <laughs> yeah, don't go bro, there, man. Really Make it work. Like you can't run
0: the. You know, you we're can't rely on the weave when you have five good players. You know.
2: Okay, so I, I don't want, like I said, this is recruiting focus, but I'm having some fun here. Willard's <laughs> offensive system outside of the weave oh is boy. really dependent on pick and roll star. execution, right? It's a superstar, good so, big man. Right, like I said, a lot of one on one isolation when right. things break down. That's always been our biggest issue, hero ball. But he likes to run high high ball pick and roll offense and kind of get things rolling off of that. Bryce, once again, as you already mentioned, not a pass first option. So I'm not saying that he can't run the pick and roll, but. Is that going to be him and Sandro? Is, is, are we going to have a different combination? Is it going to be more sharing the ball? I've heard that Molson might play some on-ball domination. I mean, a lot of questions that we have right now. And once again, I know you're a big uh, Shavar fan. He has a
0: distinct role. It's to lock down and maybe get a few buckets, not take more than five he's shots. He's good
2: off the ball. So if you know things break down and you let him slash, you give him an open shot, You know he, he's earned that right now to get those kind of minutes. But people are like, oh, Shavar's your backup point guard. I'm concerned if, if he's our backup point guard. Right. I think it's going to be cut by committee, though, too. I mean, you know, you at at points, you know,
0: Miles was playing the point last year, and Quincy was playing the two, Shabar was playing the one. I think it's really just by committee. You know, um, I don't think we're going to have that natural point. I really don't think Jahari is going to be ready to give 20 minutes right away. I, I just don't think it's, you know, feasible.
2: All right, so I think this is a good point to pivot then. So we're talking about who's the point guard, who's the point guard of the future, who's going to get their development. I agree with you. Willard doesn't let freshmen kind of really get off the end of the bench unless they're going to buy in on the defensive side. But now all of a sudden Seton Hall is linked to a name uh, in Ryan Conway, right? Yep. Point guard out of the class of 2021, another Maryland area guy who's a Tony's skin target, and he's blown up all of a sudden. You know, he can score, he can shoot. There's some questions about, like, the level of competition he might be playing against. But is this another case of Seton Hall trying to kind of create depth of the position, knowing that Aiken's going to graduate? Or is Conway the kind of guy who's going to challenge Long for, you know, the keys to the ship right away?
3: I think Conway potentially could uh, challenge, challenge Long down the line. I Always think, he's, I think he's, he's, a, he's a real talent. It's funny, early on, I, I, if I'm being completely honest, I was a little skepti- skeptical in his game. But recently, he's really come around. Uh, true shot maker, uh, another guy that really knows how to play the game and I think uh, there's some questions I guess about the level of play but I've seen him play against some high level competition and do and hold his own and play well so I think he won't be you know afraid of that big east moment afraid of playing right away and I think there's real potential for him to come in and and real ch- really challenge him and, uh, for for those minutes all
2: right let's let's continue to talk about other options in the recruiting pool now you can't ignore the fact that Seaton Hall has had success in getting players to step up a level with that sit out transfer opportunity. Right. You got Eugene Teague last year. You had McKnight and Romaro Gill on the recent roster and they're obviously expecting tackle Molson to play an important role next year Mm -hmm. for the team. The transfer portal is so large right now. You just, you can't ignore it anymore. Right. So now that we have that extra scholarship available, now that Nelson has walked away, people are kind of assuming that they're going to go after Sonogo or another big guy in the front court, but that the other spot goes to another sit out, you know, sit one, play two type transfer you mentioned this name earlier, Missouri transfer Trey Jackson, freshman small forward, previously a four-star recruit, originally from the Detroit area, but Sean Hall has been hotly named in his recruiting that you know people should be kind of maybe hearing an announcement soon. Is is there any truth to that rumor? Well, I think uh, you, if
3: you're a Sean Hall fan and you, the name should be familiar, right? Because they were recruiting him heavily. Um, in high school he was on campus so he's already familiar with the program and they're really from what i'm hearing they're really in the mix they have a real shot at him um i can't i can't make any predictions or any big statements like you know he's he's uh decision coming soon he's coming or whatever but i definitely from everything i'm hearing they're really in the mix and it's always good as we've seen with transfers before bryce uh especially bryce is already familiar with the program bryce has been recruited i seen all throughout high school. He already has relationships over there. If you're Trey Jackson, you're already familiar there. It's, it's simple as that. You're you're more willing to go to a school that you're familiar with that you already have relationships with. So he already has a relationship with, with Tony Skin. Tony Skin was recruiting him heavily in high school. So uh, I really think that's another guy that I feel like seen Hall fans are really focused in on Adama, and I get it because he's a sexy name. But uh, keep an eye on Trey Jackson because yeah. there's there's some real potential there as well.
2: I'll throw this out to both of you guys. We've thrown a lot of names out there, transfer portal, big time recruits, under the radar guys. If you were in Kevin Willard's uh, position and you got to pick any two of the guys that we've talked about, how are you filling out your roster? How am I filling
3: out my roster? So what? I get two picks of the guys that we, well, that's
2: all we got left over right now, right? You got to account, uh, well,
3: uh, Adama, Adama, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Adama would be great. Uh, he, we, we all know how talented he is. And I love, I love, and then who else do I want for the last spot?
0: Trey's a stud.
3: I know, but I'm trying to think of if... I would have yeah, loved it. Yeah, because I uh, guess he could compliment. I, I'm just trying to... I think Muhammad would have been the perfect Kevin Willard 2 guards. I'll throw Trey Jackson. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do it. And CJ, CJ, who you got?
0: No, I was going to go Trey and uh, Sunogo. But Combo, yeah. is the uncertainty at the point guard position would have been perfect.
3: I, oh. just, I was just wondering, because I'm like, I guess Trey and Adama... You're not recruiting the same type of player. They're, they're two different players. So you could, right. you could take both those guys in. Yeah. So I'm going to go with those guys.
1: Okay, guys, before we wrap it up here, anything exciting on the horizon for the front office?
3: Uh, CJ, should we tell them what we got? What we're going to release later today? Yeah, we'll probably be out <laughs> before this gets out, right? We got, uh, <laughs> all right. So basically I thought it'd be funny because we're having Ty Jerome on. I thought it'd be funny to prank CJ. And I had oh, Ty start the interview off. I mean uh, CJ start the interview off and ask about UMBC. And I told Ty to get really upset at <laughs> CJ so for asking about UMBC. Yeah. And Ty flipped out. Like did an, like Ty deserves an Oscar. Like he did an <laughs> unbelievable. No, Ty, Ty,
0: Ty, Ty, job. no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that.
3: <laughs> he's like he's, uh, uh,
2: CJ John was, was like,
0: like next to Ty Jerome. They're driving. Yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 no,
2: no.
3: You so might have actually funny. felt
2: that way, and Pat just gave him like carte blanche to go off on you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Honestly>. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so that's gonna be like, I'm we're we're so excited for that. We're gonna release that later today, and then yeah, we're we're just kind of we're kind of uh, the the approach that we've been taking. Everyone's home right now. I'm sure for you guys yeah, getting no. interviewed, well, it's been a lot easier. So we're kind of just taking it, uh. Like you know what I mean, because everyone's home. Like you, it's easier. Uh, you know, everyone's uh, available, so it's been kind of easy. And we're kind of just taking a week by week basis. We'll see who we have. We're talking, I guess. Ohio State potentially getting getting a uh, Chris Chris Holtman on potentially. We'll see if that happens. Nice. Who do you guys oh, have on the horizon? A couple of guys, yeah. What about you know, you? we don't Uh-oh. talk don't, don't about do it, Tommy. It. We don't, don't talk do about it, Tommy. anybody
1: till I record it, man. Unless it's okay. in the bag, we don't talk about it. You know? Fair enough, Bobby. Last week, a in
3: the back. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
1: The well, last, last week say, hey. we had Adrian Griffin, and to your point about being able to get these guys, you know, I don't think we'd be able to get a, a assistant coach of an NBA team in the middle of. April, but for this kind That's of incredible. situation. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely reaching out to a lot of folks. And, you know, we're, I don't, we don't talk about it until it's in a bag. It's bad karma. We had Adrian's right. son on,
0: and believe me, I did everything in my power. Like, don't you want to be like your dad? Come to see you at home? <laughs> oh, we, oh, we asked
2: him. We asked him. We're <laughs> like, yeah, like, you like know, come don't... on. Like, not even a sniff. We didn't get a sniff at anybody. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I told
1: I, him I, bring your daughter at least. Come on, she's, yeah. she's a big <laughs> stud at UConn, she's, but bring her to Seton bad. Hall. His daughter
0: could star in the men's team. His daughter, right? She's yeah. a stud.
1: Well, CJ, Pat, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We wish you nothing but continued success with the front office, and we'd love to have you guys on again. Thank we'll you. Thank I really you. like your
2: show, by the way. You guys are doing awesome. Oh, well, yeah, a lot. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Thank you. CJ right, guys.
1: Mobile and Pat Lawless, everybody.
2: If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our previous podcast with former pirate greats Mark Bryant, Kadeen Carrington, Artoris Karnishevis, Jerry Walker, and Shaheen Holloway. For Tommy Chilkoharski, this is Mike Dizzy DeZiri, and you've been listening to Left Coast Pirates. <laughs>